We're on a, we're on a new series called Kingdom uh, Dynamics. <clears throat> and the title of, our, of my message today is Kingdom Perspective. The kingdom of God is a multifaceted kingdom, which means it's like a, like a, like a diamond, a cut diamond, well-cut diamond. Every time you look at it, it has, a, it has a different face, it has a different angle and it reflects light. Uh, it's multidimensional and it's, it's, it's very dynamic. But the most amazing thing about the, the kingdom of God is that the kingdom is a vessel that carries the atmosphere of heaven in it. And I truly believe that wherever you are sitting right now, whatever you are doing, I really believe that the, that the, the atmosphere of heaven is just beginning to invade that room. I can see people who are watching the service live with, with us. I can see people who are um, uh, sitting down and chilling, uh, listening to the word later on. I can see people on a treadmill in a gym uh, watching the message. But wherever you are right now, the atmosphere of heaven is invading that place right now. And it's completely changing everything around you. The kingdom of God is a, a, like I said, is a vessel that carries the atmosphere of heaven. Now, the atmosphere of heaven is the presence of God. The presence of God, the presence of Jesus, that is the word, and, and the presence of the Holy Spirit. The, these, three, these three, the Trinity, the presence of the Trinity is the atmosphere of heaven. And everywhere that where the kingdom of God is welcomed in, where the, where, where the kingdom of God is, is um, brought into a room, the kingdom of God or the atmosphere of heaven invades that room and begins to superimpose itself or transforms anything that it touches. We must understand that, the, that God and the kingdom of God is looking for a physical point of contact on the earth. God is a king in heaven who rules and reigns in heaven. Everything in heaven, actually in the realm of the spirit, is submitted to God. And so if he has a kingdom and everything is submitted to God, he looks for a point of contact on the earth, a point of contact, a person who would, who would, who would be that point of contact that ushers in the presence of God, that ushers in the atmosphere of heaven, that ushers in the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. So having a kingdom perspective would be a person who understands that they are not just human and not just of heaven, but actually both together on the earth. When God looks at you as a point of contact, he's looking for the new creation. He's looking for a, a, a born again believer that understands that, yes, they're, 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 a, they're a mix between humanity and divinity. It's a new species altogether, which means you can, that the earth can relate to you as well as heaven can relate to you. This new species called the new creation is a, is a point of contact that heaven can actually use to enter into the earth. The new creation is a, is a, is a, uh, is a consciousness that understands its role. You're a new creation. You're a new species. You have the ability, please listen to me very carefully. You have the ability to bring two realities together. The reality of heaven and the reality of the earth. I heard, I heard someone say this once. Don't be so heavenly minded that you are not earthly good. 
And what that means is we are a, a species who, who is in Christ in heaven and Christ is in us on the earth. We, we live in two realities at the same time. But our responsibility is, is different than what it used to be for a regular human being when we were regular human beings. Our responsibility today is to take note of what is happening on the earth. And also take note of what is happening in heaven. And when we look at the, the cries of the earth, when we look at the, the desperation on the earth, when we look at sickness, sin, disease, when we look at death on the earth, when we look at all the storms that are happening, all the, 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 the viruses that are spreading, all the, the plans of the enemy that are, that are rampant on the earth, if we look at it and you have the perspective of humanity, we'll look at the earth and we'll be like, oh, there's no hope for humanity. But a new creation in Christ Jesus has a different perspective. It's a kingdom perspective. Our perspective on earth is that when we, look at, when we look at poverty, when we look at all the problems that are happening on the earth, we look at it as an opportunity for us to bring the reality of heaven on earth. The reality of heaven is that there's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease in heaven. There is no uh, protest in heaven. There is no uh, revolution that revolts in heaven. Nobody's trying to overthrow governments and kingdoms in heaven. Nobody's having racial tension in heaven. Nobody is sick in heaven. Nobody is dying in heaven. So if that is our perspective of heaven and our responsibility as a new creation is to bring heaven and manifest heaven on the earth, then we need to look at the earth and all the problems that are happening on the earth as opportunities to manifest heaven on earth. How do we do it? Is, is be first having the perspective that, all the, that the earth is not going to dust. The earth is not going to end. Our responsibility and our perspective of the kingdom perspective is that there is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And it is the responsibility of the new creation to be fruitful, multiply and replenish the earth. It is our responsibility to bring transformation to earth as it is in heaven. So which means you and I have got to look at the earth. We've got to look at our lives. We've got to look at everything that's happening in the world as an opportunity to manifest heaven on the earth. How does it work? God looks for a point of contact and you're that point of contact. And when you come into full submission as a new creation, you come into full submission to the kingdom of God. God begins to release his kingdom, the atmosphere of heaven, the presence of God. He begins to release his word, his Holy Spirit upon you. And when, he, when, when the kingdom has come upon you, Jesus says the kingdom is within you. The king, when the kingdom, come, kingdom comes within you, the kingdom also flows through you. The kingdom of God, when, when it is in the realm of the spirit, is an invisible kingdom. But it looks for a visible point of contact. That's you and I. And the perspective that God has for the earth is that he's, he's not looking to torch the earth like Sodom and Gomorrah. He's not looking to annihilate humanity once more. He's looking to actually bring transformation. And that is our ministry that is your ministry that is my ministry we look at the earth as opportunities for transformation and so God now begins to release this heavenly atmosphere upon you within you 
and through you. And when the, when the atmosphere of heaven begins to manifest through you, when you take a situation and you submit it to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and he begins to release the atmosphere of heaven in, within you, heaven begins to manifest through you. And when it manifests through you, it becomes visible on earth as it is in heaven. So the question I have for you, can you see what happens in heaven? and on earth at the same time? Can, is your perspective of the earth more real to you than your perspective of what is happening in heaven? See, we must understand that when God wanted to establish a place, his dwelling place on the earth, he told Moses, I want you to make a tabernacle, a dwelling place, which is an exact replica of what is in heaven. Why? It's because God cannot dwell in something sinful. He looks for a tabernacle. He looks for a temple that represents the image and likeness of his son. And the new creation is being transformed into that image and likeness so that God can be himself in you and through you. Come on, that is a powerful word. Sometimes we look at our characters, we look at our flaws and we're like, nah, only in church can God be himself. No, God is looking to be himself in you and through you when you go to the supermarket, when you go to um, play basketball, when you go to play hockey, when you, when you go to play table tennis, when you, I don't know why I'm saying sports, but I'm seeing people doing that and excelling right now. I, when, you, when, when you're in athletics right now, you know, God wants to give you his grace so that you can excel in what you're doing. When your studies, in your work, in your business, God wants to do it. He wants his kingdom to manifest in your life. But you know what? I'll tell you something. Even though you may be in the kingdom, even though you may be a new creation, even though you may be transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus, God will not force his kingdom upon you. He will not force his opinion upon you. He will not force his word upon you. But he waits for a point of contact to say on earth as it is in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The proportion of transformation, the measure of transformation that is in heaven, let it be exactly the same on the earth. This is the responsibility, but it all starts. This is our purpose as the new creation, but it all starts with us having a kingdom perspective. Jesus modeled this for us <clears throat> in his life when he was on the earth. He was the first of many sons. He was the first. He was the, he was the new creation who was born of an incorruptible seed, born through a virgin, came into the world, was sinless, but took on the sin of the world. But he was the first of many. Today, I want to declare over you that no matter what you've believed about your life, that you are sinless and that you are the perfect dwelling place of God on the earth. And God is looking for you. You are that point of contact. You are that emissary of God. You are that ambassador of God. That God, that you are the one who represents the territories of heaven on earth. It's powerful. 
It's powerful. Our passports are the colors of righteousness. We don't have any colored skin because we are transformed into the image and likeness of light. Our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Not in any journal anywhere. Your name is written by the hand of God. So I want to declare over you that your life will never be the same after today. But I want to, I want to show you through the scripture right now how Jesus modeled the kingdom perspective on earth. All right. I want you to go to John chapter 5. And I, and I spoke about this last week, you know, uh, but I want to I go a little deeper into it. John chapter 5, and we'll read two verses and then we'll go into the context of what is happening with Jesus. John chapter 5 and verse 19 and 20. And it says this, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, some versions say truly, truly. And when, when, when you read that word truly, truly, it actually is the same word that is amen and amen. So before Jesus is making his statement, he's saying truly, truly. He's saying amen and amen, which means he's already answering and saying yes to this. This is exactly what is in heaven. And he's saying most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father do for whatever he does the son does in like manner for the father loves the son and shows him all things that he himself does and he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel this is a brilliant brilliant verse there's great depth and this great this verse is multifaceted and we'll probably stay on this for a couple of weeks but i want to i want to i want to give you one perspective today of the of the of the dynamic of the kingdom all right so jesus is saying most assuredly i say to you the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father doing now i want to i want to slow down a bit and i want to go a little deep for us today all right he's saying the son he's not saying a son he's saying the son can do nothing of himself. When I looked at it in the Greek, looked it up in the Greek, it says it says this word son over there is the word huios. He's not talking about just anybody's son. He's not talking about a, just a regular human being. He's talking about the new creation. He's talking, Jesus was the first. And so he was saying, hey, listen, the son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the father doing. We understand from the previous series man in the mirror, that the new creation is transformed by beholding and becoming. So he beholds the new creation, beholds the image of God in his heart, in the, in the mirror of his heart. And as he beholds that image, as you and I behold that image, we are transformed into the very image we look at. But we must understand that even though we are transformed into the image of God, the likeness of God, which is a progressive nature of God, which is a video, remember I, I thought about it, which is a video of God, when the new creation beholds the video, he is transformed into the likeness of God. So you might, might look at scripture and receive revelation and be transformed into that glory. But in order for you to function in the kingdom, you've got to see God at work. Come on now. 
You've got to see God functioning. You've got to see God healing the sick. You've got to see God casting out demons. You've got to see God at business. You've got to see God as, a, as, as, as someone in film and movies. Right now, somebody uh, is watching right now and, and you've not been receiving roles as a, as a, as a movie, as an actor. When I say actor, I'm talking about male and female. And right now, the Lord is releasing a role for you that he has specifically written for you. He has given creativity to somebody to be for, for, for you. He's given, he's created this movie for you. And it will be one of the best things that you've ever done in your life. It's, I release that word to you right now. So, so the son, the son can only do what he sees the father doing. So when we see God in action and we behold him, we are transformed into the very likeness of God. So which means if Jesus wanted to heal the sick, he would have already seen the father doing it. And that's why what he saw the father doing gave him the authority and allowed the power of the father to flow through him so that he could do exactly what, have the same result. Uh, that his father had. Now, if we look at it in a kingdom perspective, we look at all the problems that we see in our lives. We look at sickness, we look at sin, we look at disease. And if you want transformation to take place in that area, you've got to see your father doing it. You've got to see your father overcoming those areas. But you've got to see the, the mind of Christ before your mind is renewed. And so here Jesus is saying, for, but, but the son, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father doing. What that means is that there's something that the father does that releases a, an anointing that the son steps into. This is very important. When the father does something and the son does exactly the same thing, now he steps into the anointing of the father, the authority of the father, the power of the father begins to flow in and through the son's life. We must understand that Jesus did not go around asking the father for questions. He would go and pray and talk to the father, having a conversation. But his eyes was constantly on earth, and when he saw something on earth, he wanted to know what his father did in heaven. And you, you must understand, when Jesus was with, with the 5,000 men, and when they needed food to eat, he did not say, Father, provide food. He said, Father, I thank you. Why did he thank him? Because the father had already provided for it. Come on, that's a good revelation. So when we have need in our life, when we, when we need a bill to be paid, what is your view? What is your perspective of what the father is doing? Is he truly your father? Because if he's your father, he will take care of you. We must understand the book of Ephesians says every blessing in the heavenly places has already been given to us. Which means that, that, that you have a heavenly bank account of blessings. Every blessing... Think about this. Allow your mind to be opened to such a degree right now. Even when you were a thought in God's mind, not even when you were created, when you were a thought in God's mind, God had already created the provision for you for your, from the time you were born to eternity. 
you expected me to say die. Nah, we don't believe in that stuff. We believe that you will live and have an everlasting life. From the time you were born to eternity, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places has been released to you. The provision has been made. So which means you have a heavenly spiritual bank account and the way you, the, the reason why we, we, we don't receive, we, we're going to God and saying, God, can you please pay, give me some money for this bill? God, can you please do this for me? God, can you please do that for me? When he's already given you the bank account, you're the rightful signatory of that bank account, not God, you are. So when you are in need, you need to know how to sign the check. You need to know how to, 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 to create. What are the keys to open that lock right there of your bank account? You need to have a checkbook. You need to have, in, in our days, it's an app. <laughs> but in the kingdom of God, you must understand the kingdom is an inside out, upside down kingdom. It doesn't work like the kingdoms of this world. So the way you get uh, the, the way you get hungry in the kingdom of God is by eating. I know, I know. The way you get hungry for more of God is by having more of God. So the way you, 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 you receive financial blessings in your life, the way you, you uh, uh, make a withdrawal on your spiritual bank account, which is invisible and making it visible, is making room for it. You make room for it by giving. When you take something physical and release it into something invisible, then what is invisible begins to fill the gap of the visible. I hope you understand that word. It's a very powerful word. I've just released a truth where you cannot, won't need to depend on any man for another breakthrough in your life. Especially financial breakthrough. There's, a, there's an invisible bank account that is floating over you and people spend their entire life not knowing how to make a withdrawal. But right now, I've just told you how to make a withdrawal. In the kingdom of God, the way you make a withdrawal is by making space for it. So the more space you make for it, it just opens, it enables something from the invisible to be manifested into something that is visible. I love the way God's kingdom functions. It's phenomenal. It's upside down, inside out. It's beautiful. But here we see Jesus. He's, he's, he's talking about this. You know, the son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the father doing. So which means what the father does releases an impartation, a measure of who the father is so that the son, when he does exactly the same thing, receives an impartation of the father, the measure of the father's authority and power, so that he can do the same thing again. But let me show you something in the Bible. When the father does something, Jesus says, you will do greater things than what I have done. You must understand. When it goes from, the first, from one generation to another generation, the second generation does greater things than what the first generation does. And I want to show this in the scripture, but I want to set you up for that right now. So the context of this verse really is the, the, the chapter 5. And in chapter 5, um, I want us to read from, from verses, verses 1. Right? We see... Uh, we see Jesus having an encounter with this lame man at the pool of Bethsaida, all right? Uh, uh, Bethsaida it, it means a, a kind act, all right? Uh, and so 
I want us to read from verse 1 and, we'll, and, and it says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. It was a feast of the Jews. Okay. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there was in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is, which is called in Hebrew Bethsaida. Having five Porsches. Not Porsches as in cars. There were not like five Porsches over there. These are five colonnades. I know. In these lay a great multitude of people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the movement of water. This is a phenomenon. Okay? So, Bethsaida means a kind act. Okay? And just think now. Where there's a kind act taking place, it attracts needy people. It attracts those who are in need. What is the body of Christ? The body of Christ is, carries the kindness of the Lord. It carries the compassion of the Lord. It's a place where, where the compassion of the Lord is expressed. The kindness of the Lord is expressed. Jesus was never known as a hostile person. Church is never meant to be hostile. Church is never meant to be full of gossip. Church is never meant to be full of backbiting. In fact, it's meant to be full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is what our church is meant to be full of. And when it is full of it, full of God, full of God's expression, that's when God begins to bring people who are in need of that expression. And so here we see, and in, in, in verse 3, it says, they were waiting, all these people in need were waiting for something supernatural to take place. And what is that? The moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water was made well, and whatever disease he was made well of whatever disease he had. Okay, so just think like this now. Okay, you're, you're, we, we, you're going to a community pool. Uh, we, we live in a community and, and now at that community, there's a lot of people hanging out at the pool. It's summertime. Everybody's hanging out at that pool. And all of a sudden, an angel comes into that pool and he begins to stir up the water. It's crazy. But somehow, all these people were very familiar with the supernatural. They were familiar because they just wanted, hey man, whoever gets it, they figured out, guys, whoever gets in first is the one who gets healed. So all of them are probably sitting by the edge of the pool for I don't know how long, waiting for that angel to come because, you know, nobody, the angel's not going to answer. Hello, I'm here. You know, I'm come to stir the water. He comes and the minute the water begins to move, they get in. So you can understand these people are needy. These people are lame. These people are they're, 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 they're crippled. They're blind. All of that stuff. The blind is sitting by the pool. How does a blind person know when the water is beginning to move? But he has faith. And so now they'll, they'll sit and they'll wait in that place for as long as it takes. Some 38 years. Yeah. Must understand the desperation. You must understand this man had come into a place where he had given up on the supernatural. He had given up on God. Man, I'm lame. I can't even get to the edge of the pool. And some of us might be feeling like that. I've been waiting for this breakthrough so, for so long and it's not coming. 
And now I've got, I've just given up. I was just like, ah, forget it, you know. Let's read on. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew what he had already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? It's an amazing statement because I don't see Jesus doing this very often. This is the first time I'm actually seeing Jesus going to a person and saying, do you want to be made well? Most times in scripture, we see people coming to Jesus, asking him to make them well. But this time, I want you to understand kingdom perspective. I only see what my father is doing. I only do what I see my father doing, right? So Jesus walks up to the person and says, do you want to be made well? He, he, he knew he was there for 38 years because, you know, Jesus is God. And he was, he was there and this man was trying to get well and everybody's by the poolside and this man is probably trying to get in and he can't get in because he's lame. And the sick man answered in verse 7 saying, Sir, I have no man, man, to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, verse 8, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. That's crazy. How can Jesus just walk up to a person and say, hey, do you want to be made well? And the, and the guy said, no, but there's no man, human being, that comes and helps me and pushes me into the water. And Jesus says, just, yeah, pick up your bed and walk. Where did Jesus get this authority from? I want to point out to a certain reality, a certain kingdom perspective here. We must understand that when an angel from heaven comes down to the earth and stirs a pool of water, it's a supernatural act that needed God's permission to happen. Which means, for years, God the Father was working on the earth. God, Jesus' father, had done a supernatural act. And Jesus, while he was walking by the pool, walked next to it and realized, hold on a minute, I recognize my father's work. Come on now. He wasn't looking up into the skies going, where are you, God? Where are you, Father? Are you doing anything right now? No. This is a testimony. It's a testimony of what God the Father had done. He had released in His grace and in His mercy, He had released an angel to come and stir up the water so that, so that the first one who had enough faith would get in and get healed. But you must understand that Jesus being the Son recognized his father's work. He said, oh, wow. This is something supernatural. This, I recognize my father's fingerprints on this. I recognize. He was such a student of the father. He wasn't asking God, the father, is it you? Is it you? Are you here? Are you here? He just knew his father so well that when, that when, he, when he saw the supernatural, 
when he saw the testimony of, of what his father had done, he knew that that's what his father had done. It's amazing, you know, Kelsey and I, when we get ready to go out for a meeting, Kelsey most times is ready before me. This is a different household, inside out, upside down kingdom. I know, I know, I know. It's a miracle, but it happens in this house very, every day. Uh, and, and, and it's amazing because I love, uh, this, this, this is something that I love about my wife. And you know, she, she gets ready, we have the same mirror that we use. And so, all our perfume bottles are on, the, on, that, on that mirror itself. And then, you know, Kelsey just, she just douses us, anoints herself with her perfume. Uh, and you know, uh, and, and she leaves the room, she's like, hey babe, you know, I'm going down, I'm, I'm ready and waiting, you know, and she's making coffee, whatever, for us to go. And I come out of the bathroom, Kelsey's not in the room, but I can smell the fragrance of Kelsey in the room. You must understand, I'm walking into the anointing of Kelsey lingering, the atmosphere of Kelsey lingering. Do you get it? Mm. The atmosphere of heaven lingering when the Father does something. That's what Jesus recognized. When he walked on the earth, when he walked past that pool, he was like... He didn't do that, but I'm just doing that. <laughs> he was like, oh, my father's been here. I can see he has done something supernatural here. It's so powerful. And so now Jesus, I only do what I see my father doing. So he saw now the father did something phenomenal. He did something, one person was getting healed. But it was limited because they were, they were, they were sick people who were uh, under the law. And so now Jesus walked up on the scene because he's a new creation. He's a huyos. He's a, he, he is the son. He walks up to the person in the atmosphere of heaven, in the, with the perspective of the kingdom. And he said, do you want to be well? Which means when the, when, when the father did something, there was a, and, and Jesus recognized the father there, there was an impartation of authority and power that Jesus received. But what Jesus did, the expression of the miracle was different to the father. And that's what I want to tell you. You don't have to copy what your father does. But the DNA of the Father, the authority and the power of the Father will reside on the inside of you that when you step into a place that where the Father has done something, where the Father has dug the ground, you will be able to step into that place and work in the same ground. Your expression can be different. It's absolutely fine because that is the kingdom. That is God's expression through you. But at the same time, it was the authority and the power of the Father in the Son. I want, I want us to read, I, I want us to read um, <clears throat> verse 20 again. Okay? It says this, For the Father loves the Son and shows Him all things. The Father shows the Son all things. The amazing thing about the kingdom of God is that fathers don't hide things from sons. They're transparent. They're open. They're honest. They're a book that people can read. The, the Bible calls us, Paul calls us in, in the book of 2 Corinthians, he calls us a, an epistle of Christ, which means people look at us and read Christ in us. And so fathers loves the son and shows him all things that he does, he himself does. And he will show him 
listen to this, he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father, verse 20, 21, for as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even the son gives life to whom he will. This is amazing. You know, the father is so amazing because the father is just going about doing his work. He, you know, Jesus says something so amazing. He says to the Pharisees, my father is working up until now. And then he says, the son is also working. Which means the father is working up until now, which means the father has done something up until now, and now the son takes it over. The son takes over the work of the father. The expression could be different, but it's the same power. It's the same authority. It's the same atmosphere of heaven that flows through the son. So Jesus says something phenomenal. He, he's saying, I only do what I see my father doing. Which means, in my language, it means what a father is doing now. Not what, fa- what the father did, not what the father will do, what the father is doing. So, you know, we, we, I, I used to wear this bracelet, uh, you know, WWJD. I mean, Christians wear it often, pastors wear it as well. You know, what would Jesus do? They, they wear it to remind themselves, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a dangerous situation, in a, in a very, tem- you know, uh, temptuous situation. Uh, we look at the band and we go, what would Jesus do? I want to I want to change that a little bit, and I thank you for your permission. It is what is Jesus doing? That is what we need to be looking at in our lives. What is Jesus doing now? Not what would Jesus do, because we're not transformed. We're not transformed into what would Jesus look like, or what would the Father do. There's no, there, there is no faith in it. There is no, uh, there, there's no hope in it. But what is Jesus doing is exactly what I'm going to do. What the Father is doing, Jesus did. And there's something about this dynamic about a father and a son because the father wants the son to do greater works. And so the father now begins to reveal greater things to the son. He doesn't reveal greater things to the world. He reveals greater things to the Son. Why? So that the world may look at the greater works that the Son does and marvel. See, but the Son who has, who, a Son who has honor for his Father or has only wants to reveal the Father in his works. Jesus came to reveal the Father to the world. So when he saw the father doing something, he went ahead and did that so that everybody through his works would see the father. That's when authority and power begins to flow through your life. Is when you, as a son, you have a heart. I just want to reveal my father to the world. I just want to reveal my father. I'm not interested in revealing me. I just want to reveal my father. I just want to show off my father to the world. I want to, I want to do what my father does so that people can see my father in my works. This is, this is a powerful revelation. If we can only do this, I'm telling you, the world will marvel at the greater things that you will do. Because greater works is your promise from Jesus. This is so good. You know, but when, when Jesus... Was um, when Jesus is saying that he only does what he sees his father doing, what his father did was a testimony for Jesus to do it again. 
So, so God wants the son, the father desires for the son to do greater works than the father did. So the only way that a son can do greater works than the father does is if he receives a double portion of what is on the father's heart. With the double portion of the spirit that is upon the father to rest upon the son. The Bible says that, the, that, like I said last week, because Jesus spoke what the Father was saying, the fullness of the Holy Spirit rested upon Jesus. And when the fullness of the Holy Spirit rested upon Jesus, and if Jesus is telling you that you will do greater works, guess what? There's a double portion of the Holy Spirit. There's a greater measure of the Holy Spirit that is poured out upon the sons, the sons of the living God, not a son of the living God, the sons, the huyos, the new creation have the ability, the capacity to carry more of the Holy Spirit, to carry the fullness of the Holy Spirit and also function and do greater works than what Jesus has done. I want to show this to you in Elijah and Elisha's life. If you can go to 2 Kings chapter 2. We see this beautiful story of a father and a son. 2 Kings chapter 2. And we'll read from verse 1. This is when Elijah is now going to be taken up into heaven. Okay, and Elisha, his spiritual son, not his real son, his spiritual son, is now, there's something significant about being a spiritual son. When you are adopted into the family of God, you're a spiritual son. When you're brought into the kingdom, when you're brought into a church, you become a spiritual son. And the spiritual sons are co-heirs as the real son. We have the same rights as Jesus in the kingdom of God. Saying that, I want us to read from verse 1. It's a beautiful story. And it says this, And it came to pass, when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? This is phenomenal. The word of knowledge in those days was so awesome that Elijah, Elijah carried such a mantle of the prophetic that everywhere he went, what he was about to do was made away. What was about to happen to Elijah, the prophets already knew. This is phenomenal. And so now, it's something when a, when a prophet has a word of knowledge. But it's a whole other thing when the prophet goes to a church and the entire church has the word of knowledge. That is deep. Think about it. Just think about it. We're, we're the new creation. We have the mind of Christ. So if the mind of Christ is speaking to a prophet you also have access to that mind of Christ. I'm just empowering the church to be powerful. I just love it. I, we, I don't like one-man shows. I like, there is one man. His name is Jesus Christ. And the whole body is one man. And it's about that one man. It's not about one gift. Verse 3, Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from 
over you today. And he said, yes, I know. Keep quiet. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, very, very, very good choice of words, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Jericho came to Elisha and said to him, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? They go to another place and these guys have the same word of knowledge. He answered, yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, stay here for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. It's phenomenal when sons are like that. Sometimes we have sons in our life that, that when they see the flaws of the father, they want to run away. They want to leave the father. But I want to, I want to, I want to open up your heart to the father today to see this nature of the son that I will never leave you nor forsake you. But he said, as, as, as the Lord lives and as, just, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Now, and 50 men of the sons of the prophets went and stood facing them at a distance while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now this is phenomenal. Verse 8. Now Elijah took his mantle. Just remember these words. He took his mantle, rolled it up and struck the water and it was divided this way and that. So that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elijah said, Please let a double portion of your spirit, your spirit, be upon me. A double portion of your spirit, which means it's the, it's the spirit of God and the spirit of the Father, the spirit of Elijah to rest upon the son. That's what he's asking for. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you. If you see me when I'm taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. This is amazing. This man is so prophetic. God honors his word so much that he allows, God would allow his spirit and Elijah's spirit, a double portion of it to rest upon the sun based on what the sun sees. Come on, man. This is powerful. And it happened as they continued, this is verse 11. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up in a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried out. What did he cry out? My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more and he took a hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and he struck the water and said, Where is the God of Elijah? 
When he had also struck the water, it divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. Now when the sons of the prophets who were from Jericho saw him, they said, they said, remember I said the world will see you doing greater works than marvel. They said the spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. Come on, this is powerful, man. This is so powerful. Can you imagine this, this beautiful moment? Now they, they've crossed over the Jordan, they've come on the other side and, and Elijah says, what do you want from me? And he says, give me a double portion of your spirit. And Elijah says, if you see me when I'm taken up, you will receive a double portion. And guess what? Chariots of fire come in, in between both of them. It divides them. And Elisha had to make a choice of not getting caught up or distracted by the supernatural that he missed what his father was doing. Wow. Come on, man. <laughs> Sometimes we get so caught up with the miracles, the signs and wonders that we forget to see what the father is doing. And so Elisha looks and he, and he says, my father, my father. He looks and he sees his father going, but he also sees the chariots of Israel and he, and he calls them out. And from that moment, he takes the mantle of Elijah and he does exactly what he sees his father doing. See, the double portion of the anointing, the authority and the power that is on the father is accessed when the son does exactly what the father does. We see it happening here. We see the evidence of it in, in Elijah and Elisha's life. And we see what Jesus is trying to teach us. Because every time the father does something, he creates this realm called a testimony. That word testimony is, 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 a, is a portal, so to say, or, or the evidence that God has done something. And every time we look at a testimony, every time we hear a testimony, every time we see the, a testimony happening, or we see the supernatural happening in a person's life, and we see the Father at work in that testimony, what is on the Father's life, the authority and the power that is on the Father's life, now begins to flow onto your life. The Hebrew word uh, for, the, um, uh, for the word uh, testimony, is the word aidut, uh, which means to do it again. But do it again, not just do it again, God, but do it again with the same power and authority that it was done with the first time. So which means when God, when your father does something supernatural in somebody's life, when he does a miracle, when he makes a phone appear, when he puts money in people's wallets, when he saves 500 jobs, when he heals people of the virus, when he, when, he, when he heals people of cancer, when he gives a person a new brain, we are looking at the chariot and we're like, wow, that's a chariot. Oh, come on, that's the chariot. But we're not looking at what the father's done. If you can see the kingdom perspective is what is my father doing in that miracle? What has my father done in that miracle? And we say, my father, my father, this is what you have done. Now what is on, that, what is on your father now begins to come on to you. But it not only does it, he not only does it again. The testimony doesn't repeat itself, only, only repeat itself. But it also re 
it, it, it has the power and authority embedded in the testimony that when you receive it, now that power and authority begins to increase in your life. You carry a double portion of authority and power of every testimony that we have released in this church. You have the ability, you have the key, you have the authority, you have the power to do it. So don't look at the man in front. Don't look at the father saying, Father, what are you doing? Father, please pray for me. Pastor, please pray for me. Pastor, please give me a prophetic word. Pastor, please do this. What is your father doing? When you hear what the father is saying and you do what the father is doing, and you see what your father is doing and you understand that there is a realm of the supernatural. There's a portal that the father is opening. When you step into that portal, the same authority and power that rests on your father will begin to flow through you. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the dynamic of the kingdom. This is it. It's a testimony of what God has done. And in Exodus chapter 31, and I've taught, taught this in the previous sermon series as well. In, in Exodus 31 and verse 18, we see God giving to Moses two tablets of testimony. These ten commandments, these two tablets were given to Moses. What is a testimony? It's a testimony that, that it's, it's the evidence that God has done it and it carries the power to do it again. It carries the power and authority for you to do it again. Exodus 31 and verse 18. We see God releasing to Moses and to the people of Israel, his children, his ten, the Ten Commandments. This is the first time he gives it to them. We see the Ten Commandments written with the finger of God. These are the living oracles. He's given it to them. And it's a testimony of what God has done. And he gives it to Moses. And the reason why he gives it to Moses is that when people would look at the living oracles, they would see the Father at work. They would see what their Father has done. It positions them into a place of double portion. It positions them into a place of victory. They start from a place of victory. You must understand that. God wanted, God wants you and I to start from victory, not start from defeat up. He wants you to start from victory. So what he does is he finishes sin on the cross so that you don't have to deal with it. You're not starting from minus and getting to zero. You start from victory. You start from hundred straight away. Everything that you should have done, Jesus did for you. This is the dynamic of the kingdom. And so now we see when Moses, when it was given to Moses that these living oracles, these ten commandments, the testimony of what God had already done had the ability when people would look at it, they wouldn't strive to fulfill those commandments. But when they would look at it and they would see that God had already done it, they would step into the fullness of the work of grace. And it is in that place where the ability, the nature, the authority, the power 
of the father begins to increase on the sons and that is when you begin to start doing greater works the father shows the son greater works than these it's amazing how generous the father he's not intimidated by the sons in fact he wants the sons to do well in our church if you're a son of this house my desire is for you to do well my desire is for you to be greater than what i could ever be this is my heart for you but it it you must understand kingdom perspectives the way the way it happens is when you 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 submit yourself to a father when you submit yourself in the kingdom when you allow this kingdom perspective this atmosphere of heaven that is in the father to flow into you first a lot of times sons want their inheritance and they come to the father and say give me my inheritance but they don't ask for the father's testimony and I, and i i really believe that we as a church we're coming to a season where we would be so caught up with the father that we would not recognize that we're doing greater works today what kelsey and i are doing is is a is great is awesome we love it this is our call this is what god has called us to do but my god what is your call your call is to do great things man greater works than these will you do if we're doing a battery charging in phone and money multiplying in phone and missing phones coming can you imagine what you should be doing can you imagine what greater works are ahead for your life but you will step into that authority and that power only when you submit to a father when you seek the father when you see and you seek what the father is doing what the father is saying so in closing today i just want to pray for you and i want to i want to pray for for people who are who feel like they're sitting by the pool waiting for a man to come and give them a hand you might be sitting for 10 years 15 years waiting for something supernatural to happen in your life and some of you have been disappointed because you've not seen it some of you have been disappointed you've seen it but somebody else benefited from it some mighty man of god has come into church and and you were expecting a prophetic word and somebody else your person sitting next to you got a prophetic word but you didn't get a prophetic word you that was supposed to be your word but then they got it and you you've just been disappointed with god i see people who have been hurt you've had expectations people set you up for failure i'm sorry for that but people have set you up for failure they never explained to you the dynamics of the kingdom when you got saved so some of you might be at the pool some of you might be can't recognize who jesus is some of you might be in a church where you there are new creations all over the place powerful people in your church but you but you you're looking for that man of god to come that man of god that big mighty man of god who has a big church in another country to come and preach and do miracles and signs and wonders but you don't recognize the father in your own house and because of familiarity you lack faith 
because of familiarity you've allowed your father the the the, the who the father is in your life to to be reduced to just another man who does his preaching and does his thing and you've you've quenched the breakthrough over your life a third group of people are sons in the house you know who you are sons whether you're a, whether you're a woman or man it doesn't matter you're a son there are sons in my house and this message has has set your heart on fire you will do greater works that is your inheritance this word is for all three of you and i'm going to pray for you right now that you will begin to whatever stage whatever phase whatever process you're in that god will begin to move on your heart that you will move from being an orphan into being a son and from a son a new creation and you would understand the kingdom dynamic you'll understand the kingdom perspective and you'll be able to function in the father's house in my father's house are many mansions guess who builds the mansions the father don't go building your mansion outside the father's house so i want to pray for you right now father i thank you for every single person who's watching right now lord father i thank you that you love them oh, you are so amazing father you are the father of fathers and so today father we honor you as our abba father and lord just like jesus went by that pool there are people who are sitting for so many years who are struggling with infirmities who are struggling lord with a lack of belief they're waiting for another man to come and push them into the water they're waiting for another man to come in and do something supernatural in their life father i just pray that you would remove the scales of their eyes you would remove the scales of their heart they would recognize the new creation in their lives and father i pray for those people today who who are who who want to be sons but don't know how that you would give them wisdom that you would speak to them father you would begin to reveal yourself to them you would give them the grace to step into the provision of sonship that you have made for their life and father i pray for those who are sons in this house what a privilege it is father thank you that they that they make kelsey's and my life so much more easier thank you father that these sons carry the 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 weight of the kingdom upon their shoulders with us thank you that they are co-laborers with kelsey and me and father today i thank you and i release the anointing the fire of god that burns within our hearts upon them lord i set them on fire right now that the measure of the fire that is on our life would increase in a double portion on their life god that everyone who is a son in this house and i'm talking about the global church not just in dubai lord that they will begin to step into greater works as they see their father doing great works that greater works is their portion i prophesied right now lord
that what we're doing in this house, that they will do greater in their house. And Father, right now, I just release the anointing of the Holy Spirit over every single person that is watching. Right now, I release it. I anoint them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Every single cell in their body right now will begin to be invigorated with the energy of Elohim. That every portal that we have created, every portal that Jesus has created, every portal that you, Father, have created upon the earth, we will recognize your work. We would recognize the fragrance of heaven. We would recognize your fingerprint on the earth. And we would step into the kingdom. And we will be in the function with the unction of Jesus. I don't know about you, but I feel like there's a cloud in the room right now while I'm preaching. Right now, Life Church Global, there's a stirring happening in our hearts. This is not an angel, but this is the Son of the living God who is stirring up the waters. And He does not come once a year, twice a year. He is in Life Church Global every minute of the day. And he's constantly stirring. And there are people who have been sitting on the side of that pool, who have been sitting on the sidelines of the church, don't know whether this is my church or not my church. I want to tell you, I want to encourage you, jump into the pool. Get into the church. Get in. Don't have one foot in, one foot out. Get in, get in, get in. Because this is not a bus. This is not a car. This is not a train. But this is a supersonic jet. Life Church Global is a supersonic jet that breaks the speed of sound. And we're going to go so far, so further ahead. But we will do it only because the sons are doing greater works in the house. So I want to bless you. Cassie and I want to declare our love upon you. I want to tell you, Life Church Global, you are my favorite in all the world. <laughs> Cassie and I love you, man. We just absolutely adore you as a church. We adore you as a family. You belong. You are our DNA and we love you. And we can't wait to see you soon. Someday it will happen very soon. Mark my words. Life Church Global will be the manifestation of what people are preaching five years from now. That is your portion. So I declare our love upon you. You will have a phenomenal week. You will have a brilliant week. You will experience everything that I preached. You will experience it this week. In fact, today, right here, right now, you'll begin to experience the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. We love you and we will see you next week. God bless. Bye-bye.